Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SND Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. Welcome to episode 154 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven is here. Vin is here as well. Vin, what's going on? Oh, you know, not much after uh, yesterday's debacle, but we'll get to that. We will, we will, we will. I don't know what I'm playing with. We got new toys, so we're just going to push <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. There you go. And with that being said, with Vin coughing up a storm in here. You know, trying to kill everybody. Yeah, why not? Why not cough all over the new mic? Yeah, the cuss guy is making a commercial with three of them. He's concussed, so there's three of them. Weirdest commercial I've ever seen in my life. There's super cam, and there's fancy cam, and then there's game cam. But there's he's concussed. I did. He, he's seeing three cams. That's it makes what it sense. Is. He, he looks in the mirror, he sees three of himself. It makes a lot of sense. Well, he was bound to get concussed with the hits he take. But we'll hey, I'm just later. impressed that they actually took him off the field. Yeah, unlike the opening night when somehow he didn't even get a concussion test. Like, I don't know where that came from. He took a shot that night. But anyway. Well, that went into our, our hot topic. And right. Our, sorry, what are we calling it? Hot news? Hot news? I don't know. Hot news. Hot news. News hot of the news. week. We have like 12 different names. So let's do a little thing. We're going to, we're going to, well, nobody actually pays attention to when we put a poll on uh, Twitter. So we're not going to do that. You can put a poll on Twitter. But nobody pays attention. Nobody ever answers it. We usually get two answers. Well, guys, <laughs> the 30 people who listen to this show into the damn Twitter poll. We are on Twitter at SND Podcast. We are the SND Podcast channel. We actually have some good news coming up a little later with the SND Podcast channel. It has to do with last week's episode with Josh. <laughs> <No>. Justin! <laughs> How many times are we going to call him Josh? But <laughs> we get it through our heads that it's Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I love that last week. I listened to it. He goes, Yeah, common mistake. Like, nobody actually calls him Josh, but he's just being a very nice guy, which he is. Nice guy. Yeah, it was fun having him on. And guess what? You can listen to that episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. It is there. So go listen. Yay, listening. You know, listening to us is a good thing. Follow, rate, review. Follow, rate, review. I gave us a review, but it says that we don't have enough reviews for reviews. So review us. What? On iTunes. When you click on it. You need you, to have a certain amount of reviews to get a, re- a review? For it to be on the actual, like... Oh, okay. okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, when you go to iTunes, search S&D Podcast channel, and click on the review button, and I, you can do it right there. You know what? It's really annoying. 
like I, I subscribe to multiple podcasts, including our own channel. It's very annoying to review a podcast. They should make it easier. Because if you go to my podcast and click on the podcast, you can't review it from there. You have to go search it and then find it and then review it. Right. That's why I'm telling you. you got to go it's search our channel even if you're already subscribed. But you definitely have to go search and then find it. Very simple. There's no other podcast named the S&D Podcast. Nothing else pop up. Also, speaking of reviewing, on our Facebook page, there's a review button. Review us. Yeah. I, make us seem like we're cool. Make us seem popular. Make us feel better. Yeah. We have shitty lives being Met fans right now, so we need to feel a little better. Oh, Jesus. So, with that being said, since we mentioned our uh, hot news topic weekly segment. Yeah, we didn't mention the topic. We mentioned the segment. Right. We mentioned the You know what I meant. Hot topic, news, whatever we're calling it. We haven't decided yet. We're still working on that. We're just going to call it talk. Talk. Hot talk. Hot talk. Hot talk. Let's get into our hot talk. Alright, so this week's topic, as I bang into the table, and I'm sorry everybody just heard that, and by the way, that hurt. Um, so, this week's topic, I'm going to throw a tant- temper tantrum for banging into the table. You know why? Because our topic is Odell Beckham and his uh, tantrums. It's temper tantrums. You're wearing an Odell Beckham shirt today so we all saw the uh, debacle on Monday night I don't want to call it a debacle the Vikings are a good team but um, Beckham didn't perform and it's starting to get to a point where it's concerning at first it was you know I'm not going to say okay but it was something you could brush off Norman stuff last year but now it's getting to a point where if he's not, you know, in the game making plays, he's kicking sideline nets and fighting with people. And I think it affects everybody else on the team as well. Last week, when they had that big, I don't know who it was, one of the offensive linemen had, made a, had a big penalty, hit somebody after a play to cost him a drive. I think things like that, are a direct result of him energizing everybody and pumping everybody up in a negative way. He's passionate. But let's face it. Definitely he, he's passionate. Passionate. Um That's what it is. I mean, if a guy hits you out of bounds and there's no flag, all Beckham did was yell at him, they threw a flag on him. And the league even publicly said the officials need to stop. Like, take a step back when it comes to throwing a flag against him. They need to realize what's what's actually a penalty. He didn't do anything. All he did is went and started yelling at the guy, and they threw a penalty flag on him. Every other guy's allowed to yell at him. It's perfectly fine. Everybody else is allowed to start yelling at each other. It's perfectly fine. No flags. Beckham does it flag. Even he's, the league said the league, the player, the refs have to watch the corners. It's on them also. He's got to realize he's a target. He's got to realize that. Right. And he even publicly said today that he is a role model and he needs to calm down a little bit on the field. But he's also a competitive role model. That's what he is. That's what he does. He plays the game. He wants to win. But he also needs to stop saying things like, I'm not having fun anymore. Like, well, Would you be having fun if you were him right now? I would be, yeah. The Which, amount of money he makes. He doesn't make that much. 
He's still on a rookie contract. Okay, he still makes plenty of money with a first-round pick. Okay, but he's also smart when it comes to money, so for all we know, he's got a trust fund where he's, all that he's money is. He's literally a superstar. He is. I, I, if, if I were him, I'd be perfectly happy. Okay. But, you know what? I heard an interesting compar- comparison today. Remember Des Bryant walking through the mall with his pants down, getting a ticket? I don't remember that. But apparently, I guess that happened. Remember remember all the Des Bryant not showing up to things early yeah, in his career? Yeah, Des had issues early, definitely. Right. Took time. He, start, he eventually realized it. And, I mean, it came out recently that he doesn't go to meetings and he's skipping treatment and stuff. But fine, whatever. It is what it is now. But past couple of years, he's been fine. But he throws ten. Temper tantrums on the field all the time, and he needs nobody to grow cares. up as well. No, he needs to, he got a lot of heat for walking off the field early and shit like that. Right. Okay. So it's not just Beckham. So why is Beckham getting the one that's under the microscope? Because he's the one doing it right now. When Des was doing it, Des was under the microscope. Right. Okay, I agree with that. But still, they everybody throws a temper tantrum, but it's also on the refs to not throw flags like that. They took the penalty off his record, apparently. They took the per- the taunting penalty off his record because even they said that's not a taunting penalty. That's just him yelling at a guy. I mean, the off- a running play. Offensive and defensive linemen are yelling at each other at the end of the play the entire time. Why are none of them getting... Fl- why is there not flags flying all over the place? Now? You're right, but he's still going to be a target not only by the refs, more so people are going to try to piss him off. And he's going to have to watch that. Right. He's got to learn that Teams are gonna start looking at these tapes and saying, "All right, get in his head early. He's done. This game, we right. beat him. We already. We don't give have to worry a, about. Give him a little extra shove. Right, shove him a couple of times. Let's see if he retaliates. Let him be angry. I mean, so last year and this year they wanted a. They're already complaining about his numbers. His exact same numbers minus like four catches and ten yards and three touchdowns. Touchdowns are fluky. That's the thing. Right. So, you really got to worry about... It's not even so much the numbers. It's how he's affecting games. He didn't affect the game the other night. And that's the issue. If he's affecting games, even if he's not getting the ball, if other people are getting the ball and are open because of him, that's his job. The the best game that you could think about with that was last year, he got hurt in the game, Sunday night game against San Francisco. He got hurt. And the Giants needed to drive down the field, and they needed a touchdown to win the game. He missed the first... They got the ball touchback, I think it was, to start the drive. They're driving. He's not on the field. He's got a bad hamstring. He's not on the field. He's not on the field. Not on the field. They have Jermaine Davis on the field. They have uh, Miles White's on the field. They don't have anybody basically on the field because Cruz is out. Cruz was out all last year. Ruben right. Randall's on the field. So he just decided to take his home and get back on the field. The fact that he was on the field opened up other guys. Because he's because he was the guy. Yeah. If he's not being that guy early, the whole game has changed. We won the first week because Cruz was open, Shepard was open, Beckham was Beckham was the guy getting double team, triple team, making sure he doesn't get the ball in his hands. He started getting the ball in the next couple of weeks. He got a couple of catches, made some plays, but still Shepard was getting open because you know. Then it started turning into, all right, we got to move off of Beckham because of Shepard. we got to move off of Beckham because of Cruz. I think the problem is is Eli has too many targets. Uh, that could be an issue. <laughs> He's taking too much time. He didn't look good the other, the other He's night. He's never played Minnesota well, and 
we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and Vin's going to talk about how scared he is of Minnesota for the rest of the season. Intercepted by Webster. 47-yard try, his longest attempt of the game. He has missed his last two. Can he send the Giants to the Super Bowl? The kick is good, and the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. Welcome back to episode 154 of the S&D Podcast Show. Some great clips you just heard. Good memories. Terrible memory. Excuse me, you beat us by like 80 points in week two. You know what? That the 2011 uh, regular season game was a very good memory of mine. It was the first power game I ever seen live, and it was a a very good one. You know what? We lost that game, but that was a very good game. I mean, it was a great game. I was walking in the car with 58 seconds left, giving well, you, you the ball you, down. You knew four, it was down over. a point. I mean, it really wasn't that difficult to know that we were losing that game. Yeah. Giving you three timeouts in 58 seconds Just for the, the league MVP. The fact that it only took two plays. Literally. We were, we were in, the field, in field goal range in two plays. Because we knew. We were, we were ready for next week. I think we played the Cowboys the following week. I feel so. like, yeah, maybe. So we were preparing ourselves for the following week. We didn't give a crap. The reason we're talking about this, obviously. Giants, Packers, Sunday night. Rivalry week on the S&D Podcast show. And, uh... The way both teams are playing right now, it should be a, a high-scoring, competitive game. Giants are beat up at running back. The Packers are beat up on defense, even though the guys are slowly coming back. No Sam Shields, but Morgan Burnett, who was out last week, will be back. Clay, who was out last week, should be back. So, um, just a little recap, a by the way. should be back. So, that giant power game in 2011. 2011. 1, 2, 3, 4. was the last game of a four-game losing streak, which started November 13th in San Francisco, the week after we went into New England and beat New England in New England. Okay. And then we lost at San Francisco. We lost at home against Philly. We lost that Monday night game in New Orleans. At home against Philly. Was it the Vince Young game? I think that was the Vince Young game. It might, I feel like it was. Then we went to New Orleans. I was in New Orleans. We got blown out of New Orleans. Okay. Then we had to play you on a short week, basically, on Sunday. Right. Then we went to Dallas the following week for Jason Pierre-Paul's block field goal. Was that the block field that goal game? That was the block field goal game. Oh, my God. What a, what a mess that then was. Then was all the momentum. We got blown out by the Redskins at home. I don't remember that game. Then we played the Jets on Christmas. The Jets. That game <laughs> is a memorable one. I was at work. Were you really? I was at Amory. Saturday, at... you're right. It was a Saturday. It they was moved a every game to Saturday because of Christmas Eve. They had one, I, th- I think they did one game on Christmas like... Day. Which yeah. is the same thing I think they're doing this year, by the way. Because it's a Saturday, Sunday again. Right, Christmas is, Saturday, is Sunday. And New Year's is Sunday. Giants play Thursday, and I think you're playing Monday. I think mm, I don't remember. I know you're off Sunday. I got to look. If I remember correctly, the Packers are off Sunday. Anyway, that that's 
months in advance. Right. We've made it through a quarter of the season. Let's get a Packers quarter of the season review. Uh, <clears throat> things have not gone to plan, but they came out of a 2-1, and one, which is pretty much what I expected them to come out of. Um, what did you expect to lose to the Detroit? I expected to lose to the Vikings. <laughs> That's the, for their first game in their stadium. And, uh, I don't know. When the Cowboys open their stadium, it seems pretty easy to go to there. When you go through a schedule like you do as a sports fan in football, you usually check off losing the road games in your division. Unless you have an awful team in your division, like the Bears, the Bears, right? I don't, I don't expect to lose in Chicago. We could lose in Detroit; it's possible, but I don't expect. Should have lost last year. Should have lost last year. It took a last-second miracle for that to happen. Well, to be fair, the miracle happened before the last-second miracle. The face mask penalty on the first Hail Mary that didn't go that far. That's a good point. You know when he slapped him in the face, and that was that wasn't even Hail Mary. That was they ran a throwback to him. Uh, it was that was dumb. Anyway. Week one, close win against Jaguars. That's a tough place to play early in the season, though, because it was 95 degrees outside. Vikings. And you barely won that game. Barely won that game. Vikings didn't we didn't play well. Lion game, they played well. They kind of took the, their foot off the gas in the second half, and the Lions were able to come back. Team is very beat up. Uh, so like I said, Sam Shields is out with a concussion. He hasn't played since week one. Clay was out last week. Morgan Burnett, our starting safety, was out last week. Latroy Guyon, our starting defensive tackle, was out last week. And Are I they believe... all out this week, too? Because we can use some uh, help. No, I but... believe they're all back after the bye week. Oh, wonderful. Um, Dayton Jones, one of our pass rushers, was also out last week. But I believe they're all... They all practiced yesterday. They should... They're all on track to play on Sunday, which is very good news. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Eddie Lacy had his first big game last week. Jordy Nelson's looking to back to being Jordy Nelson. Rogers is looking uh, okay, you know, for him. And uh, I'd say a, a solid start. This is a big stretch for them though because they had a bye week last week. They were home last week against the Lions. Right, it's on now. There's bye no week, more off. And then three more home games. Bye, don't get another bye week. No, it was it was. I said home with the Lions. They had the bye week last week, and they have. Three home games in a row. So they're home for five weeks. Right. They don't leave again until November. So this is they gotta fatten up, they gotta win all these games pretty much. Right. Come out of it five and one and then get into the tough part of the schedule where there's no bye week later and it's a lot of road games. By the way, we were talking about Beckham. Twenty two for three hundred yards so far this year. I mean Julio Jones had that in one game, but he didn't have twenty two catches. He had 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, yeah. Uh, I... What are your thoughts on the matchup? The matchup or my team? I want your thoughts objectively on the matchup and also your team. It's, it's the same, kind of the same. Thing. Okay, so matchup-wise against the Packers, I think if our offensive line can hold Eli enough, I think we could take care of... Because... Behind Haha, there's no superstars. No, Haha is really. your best seat, your best back guy. Defensive back. Defensive right. back. Yes. So, all right, he's on Beckham. Who's the second guy on Beckham? He's gonna be shading over the top of Beckham. Yes, but I, who, who's covering Beckham? Demarius Randall's gonna be covering Beckham. He's. Are you he, trusting that? 
Uh, he hasn't played well, but yeah, it's the only guy. I'm right. Not, I'm not okay, exactly. Else. So behind him, who's guarding no. Cruz? Who's guarding Shepard? Who's guarding Larry Dinell? Who's a guarding a bunch Wilt of rookies? Exactly. So, so so why should I not feel like my offense can actually play this way? Right. I'm expecting Jennings to play. He limited a practice this week so far. So, but I'm gonna expect him to play. It's a thumb injury. If he can't grab a football, he can't run the ball. That's his right. problem. Um, I fell in love with Perkins last week. We've drafted him this year. Um, Out of? I believe it was Kentucky. Okay. Speed guy. Randall Cobb also went to Kentucky. It's a good spot. Speed guy. Randall Cobb will have a horrible week because I'm playing him this week. (laughs) 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 Got to make sure he's in my lineup to screw him over. I might as well put Sterling Shepard in. Let's just screw you over. (laughs) No, in my luck, Sterling Shepard have three touchdowns this week. So it's okay. (laughs) This is the type of game where the Giants win and we won't win another game the rest of the season. Because everything's stacked against us and nobody has any faith in us. Okay. My my biggest thing is my defense doesn't get to the quarterback. This is a week where my defense should be able to get to the quarterback because when was the last time you had an offensive line? The positive note is Newhouse isn't on my offensive line anymore so you don't have to stack everybody on one side. God damn it. Problem is is that Flowers is a penalty threat every day, every down now. Bobby Hart hasn't been good. Hasn't been great. He's been good enough, helping on that right side. I think Will Beatty's going to dress this week. Haven't really heard anything since we brought him back. So who knows what his deal is? He was, you know, I always hated Will Beatty anyway. So left side, right side, left bench, right bench. I never wanted him on my team anyway. So I probably get hurt on the first play anyway. But keep Eli up straight. Give him, give him four seconds. He'll find somebody open. Someone's going to be open on our team. I'm not. Eventually, I think Haha is going to be one on one with Beckham. I think. I think it's going to come down to a point where someone else, someone's going to have to be covered. You're going to have to move. um, What's his name over off of Beckham to move him onto somebody so Haha faces Beckham. The way they usually cover, like in the past when they've played, um, Calvin and Brandon Marshall twice a year. They usually do like a bracket coverage. So Ha Ha will be over the top and probably like I said, Demarius Randall will be will cover the underneath. And it's it's kinda double coverage, but it's not really double coverage. How they end up covering him covering Beckham this week, we'll have to find out. I mean the the key to covering anybody in the league is hit the quarterback. Right. Exactly. That that's the key. So if you give any guy back their time it's gonna find someone's gonna get open. Right. Someone's gonna lose coverage on somebody, and someone's gonna get open. So, so Clay Matthews and Nick Perry and Dayton Jones and Mike Daniels and all the rest of my defensive linemen. And Where's uh, Peppers? Linebackers. Is he still playing? Peppers is there. They're using him more of like a third I'm down pass rusher, like a Demarcus Ware kind of role. Yeah, like, like he's when he's hit that point where he's right. They don't they don't want to burn him out. They kind of burned him out last year. Right. Okay, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's always one of my favorites to watch play the game. I right, mean, but so. a guy like Nick Perry has stepped up for them. So um, they for for like two years in a row, Nick Perry, Dayton Jones, they keep drafting. They kept drafting guys to go on the other side of Clay, and it never worked. And now they're finally starting to come around when they have when they're all kind of mixing in together. You know, we're planning on watching this game together. It's going to be really awkward when we both cheer when Jake Matthews hits somebody. <laughs> Not, not Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. Jake Ryan. When Jake Ryan hits somebody, it's going to be really Ryan. awkward. <laughs> because, you know, my Michigan friend. 
I remember watching, I think it was the, the Cardinal game last year, and he made a play, and you went, Michigan! And I went, I had no idea it was from Michigan, but <laughs> great. I remember you guys drafting oh, him. Oh, I do remember that, I too. You, you did say that. You're right. And I said, you got yourself your future Mike guy. Because that's what he was. He was the leader of the, the defense. And the defense fell off a little bit in Michigan last year without him. He has earned himself a... I believe he is one of the starting middle linebackers. We have two young middle linebackers. Him and Blake Martinez are our middle linebackers. And I think Blake was this year, if I remember correctly. I believe so. If I remember correctly. So, but as my team in general, you learned this week that Ben McAdoo isn't on the same page as anybody. Because the owner came out and said, we're prepared to suspend this guy, suspend Beckham if there's an issue. We're benching for a game if there's still an issue. McAdoo then came out and said, nobody told me. It's such a tough spot because this is, if it doesn't work this year, McAdoo's gone. Well, McAdoo's gone no matter what. If this year, if there's an issue, whole, every, the entire coaching staff is gone. Everything's going to be new. The problem is the past three years, Offense hasn't been a problem. You have to think he probably gets two years. That's a little premature. With the Giants organization, they usually give a guy some time. But, like, he has to win games for his job. He can't afford to bench his best player. I think that it comes down to, with him, I don't see him getting another year because they took too long to let Coughlin go. It turned in, Coughlin turned into a, we need to let Coughlin be ready to leave. To let him go. Right. That it got to a point where it was so bad they had to let him go. Where this is a franchise, if you don't regroup right away, it's like the Yankees. Right. You don't regroup right away, it's an issue. I don't think they would let him go after a year, though, but it's he, he's on a short leash. I agree. See, I've said it from the start. I'm somebody who truly believed that Spagnuolo should have been com- became the head coach. Should have been announced as the head coach. Really? A, experience. Okay. B, not it, successful experience. But well, experience. look at the team he was, to be fair. It's true. Look at the team. He, I mean, to be fair, he did draft Sam Bradford. But. Son of a bitch. He, what, he, what, he was handed the keys, also, to the, to the giant organization if they fell out in 07. If they don't go on that run, Coughlin loses his job. It was Spags' job. Right. They they basically announced it during the year. He was the next guy up. Just turned into we won a Super Bowl. How you let Dom Coughlin go after losing right, a Super Bowl? Right. I mean, ideal situation was when the Super Bowl Coughlin retired and Spags took over. I kept waiting for that to happen. Right, and you can't just sit around waiting for a guy to retire. Right. I mean, you're. I mean, there's certain places you could do that, like New England. Yeah. You got to think. Well, I think it's their defensive coordinator, maybe their offensive. Oh. Not McDaniel's is there. He's McDaniels been there forever. Is there now, yeah. Also, they had that guy, the defensive coordinator, who's been there forever with the beard and the red hood. Who wears the red hood? Yeah, I don't like, know you got to think he's one of those guys who's like, I'm just gonna wait it out for Bill to leave when Bill. I'm in the best situation. How can I get a better? How can he get a better situation than being in New England? And you can't. To me, I don't know if I can trust any any other Belichick uh, disciples. Because none of them have been good head coaches. Bill, Bill O'Brien hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been bad, but he's probably been the most successful one. Well, McDaniels was good for five weeks. McDaniels? <laughs> Mangini was terrible. Charlie Wise, was, Charlie Wise wasn't even that good in college. He was handed a good team. Right. And a quarterback. And Romeo then, Cornell did nothing. Romeo Cornell but he's back with anything. them, isn't he? I think he's back with Is them. Is he back with them? He's either them or he's with somebody else. I don't he's, know. He's, he's working somewhere. for somebody. Um, but... I never saw. I never looked at Ben McAdoo and said, "Head coach." 
There are guys in this league, you look at them and you can never say head coach. I don't, I think it's, he was our offensive coordinator, quarterback, he was our quarterback's coach. Right, which was the right thing to do. Our offense was always struggling, let's bring a new system in for you. bring a new system. But, I don't know, I always wonder things like that, like the Giants have a quarterback's coach, right? What does he do? You don't, your quarterback doesn't need to be coached. My quarterback didn't need to be coached. He knows what he's doing. You're basically a therapist. You know you know what a quarterback coach does? He sits in that tiny quarterback's room and hits the play button on the film list. But he's, it's like, I compare it to a hitting coach in baseball. They're not hitting coaches. They're hitting therapists. When you get out of, when you get in your own head, they get you out of it. And that's pretty much it. Right. They're there to make sure everything is rock solid. and. I don't know how well, much X's and O's goes into that. Because right. so, Joe Philbin fell flat on his face as a head coach. Oh, I have a bad joke to say, but I'm not going to say it on air. He had a kid who died. He did. It'd be rude if I say what I said. He would. I know you know what I'm thinking. I don't know if I know <laughs> what you're thinking. But, but we're not going to say it on air. <laughs> but Joe Philbin was in a bad situation, too. He was. It's tough to go to a team that's a top five draft pick. That's, that's the take thing. take over. If, it's tough to go to a new team... As a head coach, because that means they don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback in this league, I don't care. You're not winning. I mean, if I was a head coach and I had to go someplace, if I was if I was a coordinator and there was a job available last year that wasn't available, it was the Cowboys. If they were, to- if you're thinking of the top five teams, I- it was the Cowboys. Cowboys Jaguars were the two best situations in the Jacksonville. It, uh- a job, I think, could open yeah. up because but the, they're playing, and it would be a a new coach's dream, Indianapolis. Because they're just they can't they haven't been able to put anything around Luck. If they can give him anybody to throw the ball to or anybody to block, they'll win ten games every year easily. Um, interesting that Harbo was on Eisen's show about a week ago because you talked about Indian Luck, right? We mentioned the, we've had the discussion about the quarterbacks. Any quarterback in the league, first overall pick, you have to play the next seven years. He was on Dan Patrick also. Right. And Harbaugh said, without even hesitation, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's from the top of that list. Which then turned into Eisen going, you're my coach, right? Because, you know, Harbaugh can easily say, I'm going to stay in Michigan for the rest of my life. Right. Andrew Luck can make one phone call and say, I have an opening. That's it. Which then pushes Michigan back 20 years. Think about it. Les Miles got fired, what, a week and a week and change ago now? Yeah. How many guys have dropped out that can, that verbally committed to LSU, have decommitted because Les Miles is no longer that? I don't know. Those, every time... You're a coach in college football. This is why you get verbal commitments for the next 10, 15 years. They're guys from 2019 that have already committed to Michigan. If Harbaugh leaves now, why would they... Why If if they're going because Jim Harbaugh is the coach and it's a good school, why, would you want to play for any... Would you want to risk playing for anybody else not knowing who you may play for? I, I completely get that. If I'm Jim Harbaugh or if I'm Urban Meyer or if I'm Nick Saban, I never leave where I'm at. Jim Harbaugh 
those three guys, mainly the, it's mainly those three guys. Now it is because Les Miles. Cause Les Miles gone. You are the king of that area. You you pick your players. You pick your coaching staff. You pick your system. You pick who you play. You pick everything. You are literally the king of that organization. Why would and you make NFL coach money? Why would you want to go anywhere else? I agree. I agree. I, if I were them, I would never leave college. Saban did the right thing by going back. I think he did it the wrong way by doing it in week 12 yeah. of the NFL season. Right. Again, another guy went into a bad situation. Went into a situation where Jay Feely was the quarterback and he was but 80 Sa- years old. Saban has said that he's a recruiter, not a tactician. Right. So, he but knows. Here, here's the difference between Saban and Harbaugh. Harbaugh came to the pros and had success. He you did. can't argue that. He came Mine, to the pros and had a success with a less than stellar quarterback. With Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a fine, Alex Smith is a fine quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. Right. Um, and think about it. Division, division game. He played in... First year, I think they lost in the division game. I think it was the second year was the giant the championship game. Third year he's in the Super Bowl. He's a play and away it, from winning. They were in the five yard line. Or Crabtree catch away from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. Crabtree catch away from still being in San Francisco. Yeah. That's what three years now, almost three years. That was four, 2012, four, 2012, four years. Four years ago. It's he he's a Crabtree catch away from winning yeah. from still being in San Francisco. It's amazing how uh, how things happen. If I were, like I said, if I were them, I would never leave. But I give Harbaugh a lot of credit because this is a passing league. And it's slowly, it wasn't slow, you know, at the time when he was a head coach, it was slowly becoming a passing league. And he won with Frank Gore. defense and running. And I think it's not, I wouldn't say the league is going back to that. But it's going back to defense. It's going back to pass rushers. Well, like you said, it's a passing league, so that turns into get the quarterback, hit the quarterback. Right? Exactly. How do you get? How do you? How do? You, what's the best coverage in football? Hitting the quarterback. It, it, now it's it's. Think about the think about it. Sam Madison, Corey Webster, Aaron Ross were the three giant corners most of the season. Not very at first Super Bowl. Good run. corners. I mean, Sam, Sam Madison was, was good, good in his prime. In his day, he was good. Right. 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 Exactly. We got him. He was done already. Right. His career was over. It was his last year, I but think. But that's the thing. If you put a guy like Sam Madison, a guy like the Vikings have in Terrence Newman, in situations with a pass rush, will they know they got to cover for five seconds? They'll, they'll lock you down. I, I will tell you that. Because they're smart. You watch. Terrence Newman ran with Beckham the right. other night. How? And Beckham, Beckham almost made the play. But, he made, but Terrence he's Newman went years old, but foot Terrence, for foot with Beckham. Exactly. And I respect it. And he can do it for five seconds. He can't do it for anything longer. Right. Like we said before. Right. If you give Eli time, this Terrence is Beckham's in the end zone, Terrence right. Newman's on the on the fifteen it, lying there. Beat, exactly. Right. So it it's a passing league, like you said. But you still have to have a running game. You still have to have a good enough running back that can keep teams honest and say Right. Okay, this guy's gonna run, and that's why the Cowboys took Elliott at four. Yeah, they were saying they were. It was interesting that I always find it interesting these things come out. They said if 
uh, it was between him and Bosa. And if Bosa and after Bosa got picked, it was between him and the corner that Jacksonville took. Miles Jack. No, Jalen Ramsey. Right, Ramsey. The corner. Jack was also drafted by them. I Jack think. was also drafted by them. In the <laughs> so second that. round. In the second round. I think he's the safety, right? I think he's a linebacker, Jack. He's a he's a he's like Jabril Peppers. He plays anything and everything you tell him. Right. I, to me, that was a smart pick by the Cowboys. Elliot's turned out to be uh, looking like so far. He's the league, the league in rushing. So far, he's looking pretty good. And you know what? He's the focal point on that offense now. Yeah. And and Dak hasn't turned the ball over yet. Well, I don't think so. Maybe once. No, I don't no, think. I don't, I don't think he's thrown a. Pick. I don't think he's thrown a pick. He might have fumbled, but. He's he's like fourteen uh, pass attempts away, or something like that, or or no, like less than a hundred pass attempts away from tying Brady for all time the start of season. You know what I found interesting? You know a lot of those like what if this doesn't happen type things scenarios. You know, like what if somebody something doesn't happen? How does that affect things? Right. Think about the, Brady becoming the the quarterback of the Patriots. Yeah. Okay? So week one happens. Week one ends. Monday night, Giants-Broncos. 2001. Tuesday morning. 9-11. Correct. Games are canceled that week. Correct. First games back is Jets-Patriots in New England. You think Bledsoe that, gets hurt. You think if that game happens a week earlier, he doesn't get hurt? <laughs> well, it wasn't going to be a week earlier. It would have been the same week. Oh, right. Who, had, who had, knows what things... How do you know how things turned out? How turn, how things turn out... If you know... Who knows where Bledsoe's head was when he's running that ball because of what was going on in the world. And I always found it kind of uh, fitting that the Jets are the one that started the Brady era. And they're probably the ones who have... Regretted know, it ever since. by the most. <laughs> who, when they, when they look back and think, crap... What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> Brady's an interesting, uh, to me, an interesting um, situation. Because he didn't, I guess, create his legacy in a normal way. He got the rings and then got the numbers. Most guys do it at the same time. Like, get you the numbers argue as the, they're getting the rings. The first year, the first one, that he was... didn't even start the AFC Championship game. I know he was hurt, but... Right, Bledsoe started, they had to bring him in. Right. He wasn't, you know, the, the Tom Brady we think he was, think he is at this time. Those teams weren't, you know, weren't built the way these teams were built. So he went from being a game manager to being the greatest quarterback we've seen. You're right. You're 100% right. It's an interesting situation. Which is what I think makes him the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Because I've seen him do everything a quarterback has to do. In every situation. Greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Greatest quarterback we've ever seen. I mean, I'm I'm going back to our lifetime. So, basically from the 90s on. So, you would take him over Marino? Yeah. You would take him over Jay Feely? Fiddler. I would take him away over Jay Feely. <laughs> Because I would take him over Marino because Marino is basically in the same situation that Marino was in the same situation that he's in. Marino was always the focal point. They had nothing else. Right now, they have nothing else but him. 
and Gronk. Right. Um, yeah. Who told basically fantasy owners this week to shut up? So. I, I picked up a backup for him this week. I'm not sure. Should have right picked up start. Bennett. No, I picked up uh, Jason Wayden. Jason Wayden? What an overrated player you picked up. Oh, uh, stop. With that being said, you know what I found interesting? Because it is October. There was one game on Sunday that had pink in it. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> somebody, I think they, somebody, the NFL uh, red zone guy mentioned it. He was like, well, these they guys started with their pink already. And I was like, why did everybody do that? Why were they the only game that was pink? Very strange. I know every team gets one home game. Maybe it was the Chargers' only home game. Maybe. But every team gets one home game they get to do it at, I think. As long as it's not like Madden where everybody's pink. Literally wearing pink jumpsuits. Oh, I hope the Steelers do pink this week. Why? Because they're wearing the Bumblebee uniforms. Oh, that's going to look great. (laughs) Everything's fucking awful. Against the Jets! Great. That should be a fun matchup for the Jets fans, right? Jets. The Jets are a mess. Are you giving up on Ryan Fitzpatrick yet? Ryan Fitzpatrick was never a good quarterback. Well, that I knew, but are you... I'm not giving up on their season yet, no. They're one in three. It's four games. They okay. Could, they could... So when they lo- if they lose the next two... Yeah, it's over. Okay. In Pittsburgh, in Arizona. I think a lot of fans are... Have it in their head that 10 wins doesn't make the playoffs because they didn't make the playoffs with 10 wins last year. 10 wins makes the playoffs. I'm sorry. You, every, 9 out of 10 nine does. 9 out of 10 times it does. So if they just... I mean, the Cardinals had 11 one year and they didn't make playoffs. Right. I mean, it's, it, there's outliers, but 10 wins makes the playoffs. So they have to go 9-6 and six the rest of the season. 9-5, no. 9-6 is wrong. 9-4 and four the rest of the season. So, hold on. What's their schedule looking no. like? 9-5. 9-5 the rest of the season. 9-5 the rest of the season. So. The problem they, is they haven't played the Patriots yet. They still have to play the Patriots twice. Um, New York, Jets... Doesn't that math is wrong? Three. Oh, Finn tries to figure out math. Nine and three. They have to go. Okay, that's a little harder than I thought. They have to go nine and three the rest of the season. Okay, so they're they're at the Steelers. They can win that game. They can. Okay. Then next Monday night at Arizona, the team is in shambles. They can win that game. Right. Okay. Then they're hosting the Ravens. They can very easily win that game. Then they're going to Cleveland. That's a win. That's four win. That's four games they can win. Then they're going to Miami. Five games they can win. Hosting LA. That's six games they can win. By week. Perfect. Sunday night against the Patriots. They're probably at loss. It's at six and one. Well, well, Sunday night, quote unquote, you know, flex schedule and. Okay. You may switch it out depending on if the Jets are hot. You're not going to switch it out. Is that home or away? Meadowlands. Okay, I'm going to give them the win in that game. Okay. So that's... Uh, now we're at seven wins. Home against the Colts. That's eight wins. In San Francisco. That's nine wins. Right there. Home against Miami. They could very easily <laughs> win that game. They, they had in, New England, in New England Christmas Eve, you got to give them a loss. That's a loss. Home against Buffalo in the season. Playoffs on the line. They'll probably blow it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but you look through that schedule, there's three tough games left. In New England, Pittsburgh, Arizona. They can go 9-3 and three in these games. It's not impossible. Okay, so let's take this and go the other way. Lose this week in Pittsburgh. 
Lose next week in Arizona. It's over. Well, duh. No. I'm losing at half to the Ravens. No. Petty in? I have no idea what they're doing with Petty. <laughs> or, or Hackenberg. Or Hackenberg. Neither of them like played in the preseason. I don't understand. They say neither of them are ready or even close to ready. I, I'm not taking out Fitzpatrick unless one of them they believe is ready. I'm not even touching Gino. Gino's, Gino might as well go home. <laughs> Why he's, is Gino the backup ever? He's useless. He's might as well, he might as well leave. I um, I can't argue that one. I mean, but at what point do you say do you have to give up on Fitz? You don't, because it's only one year contract, isn't it? Yeah, but are you basically going to fight for the first overall pick if he's playing that badly? Yeah, whatever. Do you think he holds out for more money next year? That sixteen million that he wanted next year? No. <laughs> if if he's playing bad, let him play bad. Go three and thirteen, get the first pick, draft one of these kids. Well, sorry, they can't Cleveland. Second pick. There's two guys. <laughs> there's always two guys. There's what's the there's they played each other last week. What, what, are, what are the names? <laughs> the guy from Clemson is going number right. one. The guy from Clemson and the guy he played against. Who Clemson played last week? Louisville, but he's not eligible. Okay, so they gotta wait. NFL Draft 2017. What's the Notre Dame guy? Draft him, Ever Golson. Evan Golson? We're taking Evan, Evan Golson now. Yeah. Now, didn't somebody transfer to, to somewhere? <laughs> A big guy transferred. Yeah, Evan so Golson. Cleveland's taking Kaiser, according to... Uh, What's his name? Kaiser's from... Uh, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. Says Cleveland will take Kaiser. Kaiser's from... That's not Notre Dame. Miles Garrett goes to A&M, who's, who's the next guy up. Miles Garrett. That's not, that's not the Clemson guy either. What's the Clemson guy's name? Who? Because only need a quarterback for the Browns makes the best player at the class. Who what should he? go number one? This guy's a defensive end. Garrett should go number one, but since Cleveland doesn't clearly. What is Notre Dame's quarterback's name? Kaiser. What happened to Everett Golston? He's in Florida State. That's where he went. Okay. It doesn't play. You're right. And they've also lost two in a row. Right. They're also three and two. Um, what I don't understand. The Florida State guy is the, is the starter. I don't no. know who starts there. Anyway. Well, this is upsetting. It also shows your Bill Peppers going to Miami. So we're going to that off. Because I don't want a Miami jersey. The guy from Clemson is who the Jets need to draft. I don't know his name. Okay. So guy from Clemson is who the, who the Jets draft. It sounds awful, but he's a, a big prospect. He is. He's lost like two games in his career, and right. he's got a good cannon. He's Cam. Yeah, he's a skinnier Cam. You know, it was weird. Last year they played Auburn. Clemson played Auburn. Okay. ACC. No, it's Auburn ACC. Auburn's the SEC. Right. So Clemson's I think they played the each ACC. other early in the, early yeah. in the season. So they played against each other, and Cam was at the game, and he was all over this kid. And apparently, Auburn fans. Pissed. I would be pissed too. Well, that being said, okay, well, let's talk a little college football because I got to vent a little here. Michigan's five and zero, and they just beat won a tough game against Wisconsin. They did fourteen seven. What are they, What are they ranked this week? I didn't see their four. Ranks. 
They've been four since <laughs> week two. Yet they've been leapfrogged by everybody. Except for Ohio State and Alabama, who've been one, fighting for the one and two spot. Who's three right now? Uh, I think Clemson jumped up to three because they beat Louisville. Because that kid. Because the kid. NCAA rankings. 2016 rankings. I, you can't knock out the one and two. Clemson is is 5-0 and right now. You can't knock Ohio State's 4-0, and, and they're still number two. You can't knock out one and two until they lose. Which is fine. I under, I completely agree with you on that one. But Michigan's getting no luck. But they haven't come out with the BCS rankings, have they? Isn't this still well, the BCS doesn't matter. Doesn't? Well, it's the top four. Whatever the top four. I know, but it, like... The like, official computer numbers oh, yeah, the haven't computer. come out yet. They're going to be... I think, I think it's by. within the next two weeks. I, I forgot when they do it. This is like the coaches poll. Right, this is the coaches poll. But still, you're still still top four in the coaches poll. Gets you top six in the right. At least top six in the. I'm just gonna get in the top four. Well, that's the thing, Michigan, Ohio State at the end of the year. That's a top four spot. You know, As at right now. You know they want that to happen. At right now, Michigan, Ohio State will be four. One of the divisions in the Big Ten. Which turns into the Big Ten title game. Who I'm not sure who's winning the other division right now. I think they don't... Big Ten has two two divisions. Winners play each other for the title. And they're in separate divisions. Ohio State and Michigan are in the same division. So, they eventually... There's a super division and then there's like Idaho and Illinois. They eventually have to play each other. Every year they play each other. Right, exactly. This is the last game of the year. Winner goes to the Big Ten Championship game this year. Clearly, at this, at this point, we'll go to the Big Ten Championship game. Because Michigan State has a loss. They're the third best team in the, so in the Big Ten. they just need to not lose any of the other games. Right. The key is winning every game. I mean, this week Michigan should win. They're 30-point favorites. Who are they playing? They're in New Jersey. Oh, yeah, the playing workers. You said that. Ohio State just beat them 58-0. How can Michigan... They should do the same. Jabril Peppers' is homecoming is this week. So they're basically going to have three playoff games this year. Do you, you have to beat Ohio State. That's it. They have to beat Michigan State. They have to beat Ohio State. They have to beat the Big Ten Championship game. Well, It'll probably be Iowa or, or, or I don't Northeastern. Know. The SEC has a championship game, so Bama's going to have to beat Clemson. Or right. Not, Clemson's Clemson's ACC. ACC, who also has a game. Right, but they don't have to play anybody. They're gonna. They don't. The ACC championship game is always garbage. Right. So, so they'll win that game. That's what it is. But the Alabama's gonna have to win the ACC championship game, which is probably gonna be against Auburn or something like that. Right. Well, it was supposed to be Clemson, Florida State, in the ACC championship game, but Florida State's running away with. I think Louisville's in the ACC also. I think Louisville's in the uh, Big East. You sure? Think sounds about right because they play like Houston is like their next tough matchup. Yeah, Houston. Houston's going to be an interesting one because they don't play any good people except Louisville. Let's see, they it's the only good game they play, so they're going to have to blow everybody out if they want to get into a playoff spot. If you ran college football, is there every conference get a championship game, or, or? Every conference gets a championship game, and that's the start of the playoffs. 
So whoever wins championship game then goes to the next round and they rank them. I would. Would you do each conference gets a play gets a championship game for its own conference, and then you move on to technically a playoff, and that way you have like the next three weeks after that is playoff games. I don't know how many conferences there are that really play big time football. I mean, there's the SEC, the ACC, Big Ten, Big Ten, Pac-12, the Pac-12, the Big East, five. You don't really count the Big East. There's nobody really good in there. Anymore. I know. You'd have to get either four or six or eight, one of those numbers, amount of conferences. And I would do, they all have a championship game. Whoever wins a championship game goes into a 8-6 whatever team playoff. And the champions of the, the conferences then play in the playoff. Right. Each conference. So basically... And those are the bowl games. What I would do is set this set some set it up where there's six conferences. Set up six conferences. That's all you need in, in college football. Right, just throw out the rest of the conferences that right. are garbage. Put them into, every, I mean, it right. should help with recruiting, you know, eventually, hey, oh, I don't like them, I'll let me go play for you. You're. Right. I'm going to get a chance to play and play in that division and play in that that league, right? per se. Um, Even so, if you want to make it four conferences, you want to go, like, just Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, SEC, and that's it. And everybody is... is no, just... because ACC and SEC are both in the Southeast. But, like... I'm th- I'm thinking the four conferences are named Big East, Big Ten, Pac-12, and the, and SEC, the SEC. SEC, ACC join to make a mega conference. We need, like, a Southern conference, too, though, like Texas, Houston. Right. Then you get the... The South Con- the Southern Conference, we call it Southern Conference, and you could put a Midwest Conference. Yeah, you know, so you get like or like the Central Conference. You know, everybody in the middle states kind of join together. And right, Oklahoma, Kansas. You know, all of them get a conference. Kentucky. Yeah, like we said. So then, then what you do is, throughout the year, everyone plays each other once. You know, you could set up rivalry games, whatever. Well, not really once because you'll have so many teams and. You schedule the same way. I don't really carry a schedule. Right. Um, and no, but the key is SEC can't play Division three schools. And, you know, everyone's got to play. Yeah. You I have would, enough players in your them. Division ones in the Division one that where they could play each other. So you do that. And then what you do is top two. Play each other in a championship game. You, have, you split each conference into two divisions. Right, and the divisions uh, play each other in a championship game. Championship division game. And then that's it. Winner, winner moves on to a playoffs. You got six teams. You can give the first two. You can give the. You can rank them. You can rank the six. You know, have one of the computerized polls. Fine. First two teams get buys. Right. First two teams get buys. Three plays six, four plays five. So three plays six in the. Uh, I don't know. Capital oh. One Bowl, and four place five in the Outback Bowl, and you can have it set up and where then it's move still on to the Fiesta Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the Rose Bowl and all those other bowls. And you could still set it up where all those shitty bowls before the January first, right? Have games. You right. could still the have all those games. And cheese Bowl, <laughs> they call them the Lambo Leap Bowl, yeah, the, the, the Pinstripe Bowl, Pinstripe Bowl, like the City Field Bowl, yeah, the like, Ice Hockey Bowl. We can <laughs> name all these bowls. We don't care. Nobody Mountain Dew what. Bowl, Kettle One Bowl. You know, you don't have to like right. 
You could still do a, a six wins or get you bowl eligible kind of thing. Right. If you're not going to play in the play, because if you're not going to be in the championship game, at least you know you'll go to a bowl. Right. You know, type of thing. There'll be plenty of teams to go play in the bowls. So, with that being said, don't forget it is Breast Cancer Month. So, awareness, awareness, awareness. Get checked, ladies. Uh, wear your pink and support. Uh, but we'll be right back to talk some football. Uh, we just talked football. So, we're going to go to come back and talk baseball. We have 55 yard try from here, and now instead, they're going for it all. The pass is caught for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Hakeem Nix on a last second heave by Eli Manning. If you are heading to the ballpark to watch any of the MLB playoffs, you are going to want to download FanVault, the newest iPhone app made for sports goers. With FanVault, you can check in, connect with mutual friends at the game, organize and search for tailgates, track the game stats, upload photos, and preserve what should be a lasting memory. As the people of FanVault say, whether your team wins or loses, a day at the ballpark is a happy memory. That's FanVault. One word. Download FanVault today on your iOS device. Most importantly, enjoy the game. Welcome back to episode 154 of the SNE Podcast Show. Just so everyone knows, that dying day by Division 1.1, and it's kind of fitting because it's kind of a dying day for the uh, New York Mets fan base. Yes, it is. Um, we're was, not going to look at. We're not going to look ahead yet. That Next was week, a tough one to take. That was a tough one to take. Next week, we're going to have a list of players. Not like you know Harvey Degrom, Mats. You know, not the not the guys you know will be here, but a list of a couple guys that that will go through and. We'll discuss whether keep and dump dump type guys. Um, So we'll worry about that next week. Um, The game was every. You said to me yesterday, when you have a pitching matchup like that, ninety-five percent of the time you're not getting a pitching matchup. You're going to get hitters hitting, hitters hitting, hitting, hitting. We got we got the best. We've I don't think I've ever been to a game of a pitching matchup with that. Yeah, that it, it completely lived up to the hype. Yeah. And then uh, with one swing of the bat by somebody nobody's ever heard of, the Giants took it. You know, I read early in the day the kid's name, and I heard and I heard the words, watch this kid tonight. So I did, and he didn't seem like anything. You know, eight-hitter, played good defense. You know, didn't really seem anything. Took one pitch. That was it. It, it was very... Uh... Very game seven against the Cardinals. Feel ish. After after Grandy made that catch, you were like, "That's it." That you know, Noah made his one mistake and we saved it, and now they're gonna find a way to scratch out a run. They didn't. I said to a friend today that he shouldn't have made that catch because now. Andy's catch means nothing. Grandy's catch means nothing. We've lost the games where we make the big catch. Yeah. So let the ball drop. If he doesn't make the catch, <laughs> the game, the loss is a lot easier. Right. To be honest. Because we're in it. Noah pitched five and a third no-hitter. Yep. No hit ball. We got a call early in the game that shouldn't have been called when Span was called out at second base. Yeah, he base. was safe. I think it got to a point where since the ump called him out, it was just... Right. There was no, nothing to... Nothing, not enough evidence to overturn it. So Correct. they just left it the way it is. Correct. 
Because Span was pissed. You could tell it took him about 10 minutes to get off the field. One thing the Giants did <clears> well. <throat> first three guys took their time. They let Noah, every, every, every moment, had the ball in his glove, ready to go. He was one step away from his first his move, his motion. Right. The first three guys took their time, had their hands up, and the ump just let it go. Which I understand, it's a ratings thing. The umps are told... Let them let them take their time. Whatever happened to get in the batter's box and make it, and get ready? I I don't that, know. I haven't seen that this year. It didn't really affect him though. They did try to you know take their time, but it didn't affect him. He pitched his ass off. I mean, that's the best game I've ever seen him pitch. He was dom- He dominated. They just uh, couldn't. They couldn't scratch a run out. Bumgarner was Bumgarner. They had their opportunity. TJ Rivera to lead off double, and they couldn't do anything. They had a couple base runners. TJ Rivera lead off double. Um, Rene Rivera gets the first hit. James Loney swings at the first pitch. Yeah. Now, I understood. A lot of people were talking today. I read some things. Why are they swinging at the first pitch? What are they doing? Get the pitch count out. He was at like 20 pitches through 40, four innings. Right. He was on pace to pitch till Thursday. Right. But that's what you have to do with Bumgarner. You have to hit him. You got to get him off his groove early. If you keep, if you let him pitch, if he strikes out six guys in three innings, that's it. The game you might as well leave right then and there. Game's right. over. I uh, was looking through like deeper into Bumgarner's stats for the season during the the week leading up to it, just to try to find a weakness in what seemed to be an unstoppable pitcher. One of the things that I find interesting, if you look, if you go on baseball reference and you look at splits, they have literally every situation split down. When you don't swing at the first pitch against him, guys batted like 190-something. And when you did, they batted 247. So, like you said, if you want to get him, you got to get him early in the count. If you get him get late in the count, he's going to get you. Bumgarner is the type of guy that you get in a groove, it's over. Yeah. He's... he's and you know what we talk? We we've had the conversation of Rivera will be the best postseason pitcher we've ever seen. We'll never see that again. I sent you the stat before the game yesterday. Bumgarner has a smaller RA, a smaller sample size. But think about it. We watched. I said it to Julie on the way home yesterday. We watched. I a couple years ago we watched Bumgarner pitch. Eight innings in Game 6 of the World Series. Seven, eight, whatever it was in Game 6 of the World Series. And then pitched two innings the next night to win the game. Yeah. When was the last time we ever saw a pitcher pitch two nights in a row? I don't think it was. It wasn't Game 6. It was Game 5 he pitched. Okay, so Game 5. So let's see. So on two, days, on two days rest, he pitched. Two days rest, he pitched another. He won three game, three out of the four wins they had that World Series. He single-handedly won a World right. Series. And it's... it's they He's have the best postseason pitcher we've seen in the last, at least this decade. This decade. They are now eight and zero. The San Francisco Giants, on the road in the postseason when Bumgarner is involved in the game. I think they showed it yesterday. He was eight and zero, so I mean he's nine and zero now. Bochi as a Giants manager is nine and zero in winner take all games, in elimination games, in elimination games, not winner take all games. And it's an even year, so they're on pace to win the World Series like they have every other even year. Right. Well, I am the only one who picked them to beat the Cubs, by the way. I, I, there, there's too much of me that thinks that they're just no Qua- Cueto, Matt Moore, and uh, 
and Bumgarner, I think the three of them can single-handedly stop that lineup. The Cubs pitching is better. I don't think so. I don't think Arietta's what he was. I don't think Lester's that great. Lester's just Lester's been ridiculous lately. He has been, but you know what? We we've hit him with shit lineups. He's just as good as a, he, but he's just as good as uh, as Bumgarner in the playoffs. He's a great postseason pitcher. Not last year. He. <laughs> the Cubs pitchers against the Mets, the big ones, they both pitched fine. They gave up three and four runs. They just couldn't hit. They did. Our pitching shut their offense down. Which I think Cueto could basically hold them enough where their where their offense could hit them enough. I think that their Bumgarner is going to be unstoppable. Bumgarner is pitching the first home game. Their offense is better than it was last year. There's actually a rumor Bumgarner may pitch Saturday. Their offense is better than it was last year. The Giants. The Cubs. The Cubs. Okay. Russell, Russell's healthy. They got Zobrist. I don't I, know. I don't think anybody's beating the Cubs. That's just that's my opinion. I I think that I think that there's something about the San Francisco team that it's it's hard not to root for them when they're in the playoffs. There's just I'm for the Cubs. I think and it's the, just Cubs I think it's Bochi. Cubs and the Indians I'm rooting for. I think it's Bochi, but you took the Red Sox. I think they're going to win, but I'm rooting for the Indians. I think the Red Sox are better. Okay. But I'm rooting for the Indians. There are eight teams remaining. Your perfect scenario World Series matchup is... Cubs-Indians. That's the storylines. That's nobody haven't won it in forever. That's... I'm not going to say it's the best matchup, but to me, that's the matchup I want to see. Okay. the I'll give you the Cubs. Even though I picked the Giants to beat the Cubs, I'm going to give you the Cubs on that one. But the team they're playing is Boston. Theo versus the Red Sox. Poppy trying to get that ring before he walks off onto the sunset. Well, that's two of the most storied franchises, right? Two of the most storied franchises. Just think, if both of them are in the playoffs right now and Boston didn't win those last three... Then it would be crazy. That would be the most insane matchup we've ever seen. Ever. Right. Cleveland's been to the World Series. They lost it. Chicago Chicago hasn't been to the World Series since the 40s. So for them to go there would just be a story on its own. But then you take Theo, the guy who single-handedly turned the, the Red Sox around. Yeah. Then you got the Red Sox who, Poppy, guys are retiring. You got all these young guys, all this young talent. Joe Madden, never been able to beat the Red Sox in big games. He's never been able, he's never been a guy who's been good against the Red Sox. Well, Never they, been able to outmanage the Red Sox. They beat the Red Sox, I think, once in that. In the run they made to the World Series, they beat them, I think. One year. Oh, yeah, that one year. But okay. that was just once. Okay. But then, that matchup that you had also. Theo versus Terry. Exactly. Madden versus Terry. Terry. Yeah, but that's... Madden versus Terry was Madden Boston Terry, Dev- right. Devil Rays. Right, exactly. Or Rays, whichever one you want to call Whatever you want to call them. I, I think it's a little less now. I've I've wanted the Indians to get to the World Series all season, but it's a little. Their pitching has taken a hit. If their staff was healthy, that's the best staff in baseball. Just as good as the Mets staff when healthy. We're watching this thirty for thirty with Steve Bartman. Cubs should have won Game Seven. Kerry Wood hit a home run in Game Seven. Yes. They had their ace in the mound. Kerry went on the Well, Pride was on the mic for you, six. If you, if you think about the Cubs, they had their one-two punch on the mound at game six and seven at home. Somehow they lost. And it has nothing to do with the fan interference. You, right. can't, you can't give up seven runs. In the, right, the, the fan interference makes that play. 
Make the next make the the next ball needs to be an out. You yeah, get, they need to get out of the inning. They need to not give up seven runs. Right. Or whatever it was. But that was also the end of Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor, as we knew. It was. They kept, game they, game six. They just kept him in too long, and then game seven they kept Kerry Wood in too long. They gave their arms for that season because neither of them were the same after. Kerry Wood was a good relief pitcher actually at the end of his career, but couple Pryor, couple years later, Kerry Wood showed up as a relief Pryor pitcher. Never became right good. Never, Pryor never, never heard of anything else. But but I don't know. I think I think there's just something let's with hope, the Cubs. Let's hope this never, this doesn't happen to us. It's it's happening to us. We're we're. I know, but I'm saying. I was thinking about this. That was probably the most stressful game going into. Baseball wise, I've never been so stressed. We've ever a baseball game in my life. Ever had? Think about last year. I, I still think wasn't. about it. one. We come. We came home for game three, one and one. Yeah. Okay. Well, there, there's no stress. We lose that game. There's still another game. We win that game. Great. We lost to Kershaw. We weren't. We were. We were stressed about going into game five, but we had the confidence going into game five. Last. Uh, last night I was thinking about it. Was I this stressed about game five? Against the Dodgers. And I don't think I was. I don't know why, but I don't think I was. There was a confidence we felt about that team. There was something about that team. And I finally found that other side of the loss yesterday. I finally found it. We were on the way home yesterday in Texas, Julian, and I go, watching this team this year, they shouldn't even have been playing in that game yesterday. There's no, they had- if they win that game, and let's say we go to the NLCS, and we get knocked out in the NLCS. That's going to hurt more. Because we're on this run with this team that shouldn't even have been in the wild card game. The, that team, means Seth Lugo, Gesselman, TJ Rivera. This team had no business being in. There was, If you look at this lineup and you compare it to you know, like the opening day. First of all, the opening day lineup. There's only two guys who were in the opening day Cabrera's. lineup. Who were in that lineup. Right. It's Cabrera and Cespedes. That's it. Right. Oh, and Granderson. I'm sorry. Right. But if you look at one, the seasons they had, no, go through the starting nine, starting ten because they were in Kansas City. Nobody on that team produced like we thought they would and stayed healthy. They either produced and got hurt, or they stayed healthy and were bad. I've never seen that in my life. This is literally zero for ten. And even if you break it down further to the opening day roster. Of how many guys performed the way we thought they would. It's literally just Noah. Noah Familia. That's it. You're right. It was so right. I, Reed was better than I thought he would be. Robles was worse. Eh, Robles had his moments. Robles was... Uh, Blevins was fine. The bullpen was fine the whole season. The thing that we learned... I said it to the Rising Apple, Sam from the Rising Apple today. I texted him. And I said to him, I said, this year we learned that everything Sandy's been doing is for the better. Because look at how deep we went into our roster and brought guys up from, we saw Gesselman in double A last year. Yeah. He was a major part of getting to the playoffs. He looked, pitched the same exact game that he pitched in, in Binghamton when we went. He pitched every time out. Right. It was just the same thing. With the torn labrum in his other arm. Exactly. I, there's. It gives me a lot of hope for the future. 
I have all the confidence in the world in Sandy Alderson now. Right. You've he's the made key, it. The problem is his health. I've said it. We said it with Sam. Is his health going to take him to a point where he says he's at, he's done? He's got 17 GMs around him. I think it's the team making the decisions. Him. I know what's his name left and went to the Browns. Well, that's working out well. Right. But <laughs> the other one is still here. I forgot which one left and which one's still here. But one of them is still here. Right. I think J.P. Ricciardi's still here. There's enough guys still Somebody here left. that it's fine. I I honestly think that you come back next year. You have the confidence next year knowing Gesselman's going to be ready. Lugo's going to be ready. You got guys who you know are ready to go. At the beginning of last year, I said this coming offseason was the offseason to trade Harvey. Because expecting him to be healthy last year, this year, you make a move. and Because you're not going to be able to sign all of them eventually. You right. can't trade him now. Uh, does Cespedes come back? I don't we'll, we'll know in a month. I don't think he does. He really bonded with this team. Him and Reyes, Cabrera, they all they formed a pack and a bond. I, it's not a smart financial decision to come back. It won't be a smart financial decision. He is the best free agent on the market, and he's accepting a two-year, $40 million contract. If? There's no way. If. he, I think that if they, can, if they announce, they pick up Reyes' option. They, they'd be stupid at the pick up Reyes' option. Which, I agree. But if they announce that, it can affect Cespedes. But they have to announce it like before he, the World Series. Like, he knows they're picking up Reyes' option. You know, when the Nationals are about to win the World Series, like the Red Sox are doing it, make big announcements. That's when we got to make big announcements. You know, he knows they're going to pick up Reyes' option. There's no, no, nobody in their right mind. The way he played, would we not pick up Reyes. If you follow Reyes on Snapchat, on Instagram, you saw him, Cabrera, Cespedes. The three of them almost never left each other's side. I'm pretty sure. Cespedes drove all three of them to every game. Somebody, I think, it seemed like they, they took turns carpooling. Because Cabrera was driving one day when they had the, the friends with him. Right, in Miami. Right. When they were in Miami. Right. Because that's where Cabrera lives. His he's, his home is Miami. So, uh, it, it, there's no doubt this There's team, a bond in this team. And I think that's, Cespedes went blonde. There, was, there definitely <laughs> was a bond. Even with the most hated guy in the clubhouse for the first two months he was here, Jay Bruce. He hit the home run in Miami, the first one he hit. Cause he hit I think Tuesday he, night. Yeah, he hit home runs Tuesday and Wednesday night. Tuesday night he hit a home run to give him the lead. I think he gave him a 3-1 lead at the time. And at the end of the dugout, Cespedes is there, and you see he gave him a hug like, bro, it's okay. Like, we're going to get through this kind of hug. Like, Bruce put his hands up for a high five, and Cespedes grabbed him like, I, I got you. Like, we're going to do this. Right. Kind of thing, because you could see Jay Bruce was pressing, and and he, you know, he was finally starting to come out of it. Jay Bruce will be back, picking up his option, guaranteed. We're going to talk about that next week. We'll get to that next week. Cespedes, though, I felt took on a leadership role towards the end of the year, and you saw it. And he actually struggled a lot at the end of the he year. Struggled too. the last month of the season. He had he had twenty one homers at the break. He ended up with thirty one. Well, he didn't not play the month of July. Fine. Much. And also beginning the first like week of August. So fine. Yeah. I, I understand that, but still, the guy on that guy, if he got hot like last year, he was at four. He's hitting forty. You know he could. He played. I I just feel like 
this is the closest. He, this is the team that brought him the closest that he'll he could be to a championship team, and he knows that when this team's healthy, they're in a division race. I, and I don't think I financially you're right. Financially, someone's going to give him f- probably thirty million a year. I don't know who that's going to be, but I think he's going to take it. But would you? He looks like the type of guy who's started who broke out of a shell this year. He gained that bond, and it was him and Reyes being on the disabled list. Him, Reyes, Cabrera were on the disabled list in Florida together. We've mentioned that before, and they were they, they bonded. The one thing that's been very interesting to me since he got here, really, because you look at his stats from Oakland, and when we, when he got here, that's all we had to go off of. He was a two fifty hitter the first three years of his career before he, well, I guess two and a half years of his career before he left and all the trading things happened. So the fact that since he's basically left Boston, he's a 290 hitter. He was a 290 hitter when he got here with Detroit. He hit, I think he hit 280 at the end of the finished year this year. He hit 290 to finish the year last year. The advance he's taken in pure hitting makes him one of the most dangerous threats in the game. He played the second half of the season on one leg. And he was the best player in the league in the month of August. In the two weeks from when he came back to September, he was the best player in the league. It, it would be stupid for him not to to at least try, test free agency. I think that his first move will be, Sandy, I'm opting out, but you get first shot. Wow me. Well, they, they have this month to basically negotiate with him. I think they're going to offer him the same thing they offered him last year. A three-year deal with an opt-out. And if he wants to take it, he can take it. Because according to... I read an article from Adam Rubin today. According to them and, their, and his sources in the front office, they think he's a guy that if he gets a long-term deal, will... Sit back sit and back. He needs the carrot in front of him. He needs, he needs the, the incentive. If he, if he doesn't have the incentive, he's just going to, you know. So if that was the case, why didn't you give him the team option instead of a player option? Because that, he needs the carrot. Right. But it's, 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 it's because... But... A team option is not an option. Because you're most likely going to pick that's it up. That's just... That's... Yeah. If, he's hit, if he hits 30 homers, you're going to pick it up. Right. All right. With that being said, like I said, next week we'll talk about the we'll make we'll a list. We'll, we'll talk about guys bring back who we got to get rid of. Um, there's a there's a couple guys on that list I can think of. Um, with that being said, uh, fan vault down vote. I enjoyed using it during the game yesterday. I mean, it sucks. I look forward to using it. Yeah. I I been back and forth with Josh. Their new episode is on uh, Justin. Justin. <laughs> it's been Justin, a long I day. got your back, bro. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're an hour and 20 minutes into the show. It's 10.30 at night. 10.30 at night. Exhausted. We almost lost the entire show. Yeah, it's been a fun night. It was a great evening. <laughs> um, but this was a good show. Uh, rate, review, comment, Facebook, iTunes, Google, Place, SoundCloud, Twitter. Instagram, Twitter. Um, follow, rate, review. Follow, rate, review. If you got a name suggestion for our new segment, let us know. Yeah. Because, I don't know, if, if well, hot well, news or hot... We talk. really can't come up with a name for it. We're going to we'll, we're gonna come up with some ideas and, you know, we'll see what we get for the next week or so. Kind of ask Dan. 
We'll brainstorming with Dan. Uh, a little update on Dan. He's in his final week of chemo. Final week. Final week of chemo. Uh, it's final week of chemo. Then November 7th is his test to find out what the next step is. Right. Um, I saw him at my sister's wedding. Congratulations to Melissa and Dan, by the way, on their wedding. It was a great time. I know Dan actually listens to the show, so, you know, we got to congratulate I that. found it really cool they had a uh, Snapchat filter. We did. That's cool. We'll talk about that after. I don't know how you do that. But... Well, I'll, I will explain that. Cool. Um, that if you want to know, hit me up personally, so we don't have to talk about it on air, because, you know, if we'll start talking about it, and next thing you know, it'll be... It'll be third, <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it'll be next week's episode already. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, with that being said, Division 1.1, Dying Day, Fan Vault, uh, Breast Cancer Month, October. Um, next, Either next week or the following week, we'll do our... Uh, support breast cancer episode um, to make sure we get that. Uh, maybe we'll do a, a, the last week of October. That way we could do the last week of October slash Veterans Day for the veterans. Do half and half. Get two big things. A couple weeks of uh, listens and donations. So uh, with that being said, don't forget rate, review, uh, and comment. And also listen to all of the other shows we have on our thing. The Weissman and I show, Jay's Week in Wrestling. Uh, Fan Vault podcast, Rising Apples, Rising Apple. Um, With that being said, we'll see you guys next week. Are you still mixing station gas and oil for your string trimmer, leaf blower, or chainsaw? Eliminate the mess and the guesswork with True Fuel, the original pre-mixed two-cycle fuel. True Fuel is ethanol-free and precision-engineered for small engines, improving performance, and extending the life of your outdoor power equipment. And True Fuel is available for both two- and four-cycle engines. Empower your equipment with True Fuel. Available at your local home and garden center today.